Hello, and welcome to the MIT Press Podcast. My name is Chris Gondak, and today I'll be speaking with Leslie Teal, the author of Internet and the Midas Touch, Living Sustainably in a Connected World. Leslie Teal is professor in the Department of Political Science and the Director of Sustainability Studies at the University of Florida. He's the author of Environmentalism for a New Millennium, The Challenge of Coevolution, The Heart of Judgment, Practical Wisdom, Neuroscience, and Narrative, and other books. Leslie Teal, thanks so much for being on the MIT Press Podcast today. Glad to be here. So when most people pick up a book on sustainability, I, you know, a lot of them tend to give, and you certainly do give case studies and talk about, give examples of things that have happened really in the last, in the 20th century and the early 21st century, where you can say, here's an example of uh, limited thinking or uh, limited awareness is what's going on. With the name of the book, people might think that, you know, there's a lot of, there may be some mythological things going on, but really, and there, you definitely talk about myths and the ancient Greeks coming through this book a lot, but it seems that the, the major shift that you're taking is that where in the past, if you were going to pick up a book on sustainability or green thinking, there would be a lot of issues as far as, I want to say nuts and bolts issues. You know, we should do this. We shouldn't do that. There are these recommendations, but you take it a step further and bring in that you that sustainability is even bigger and deeper than just the nuts and bolts things one can do to perhaps make the planet a little less polluted, that it gets into psychological and even cosmological significance. Is this, is this the direction you wanted to take the book when you started, or was this something that as you were writing you started to see the, the deeper picture? Yeah, I, uh, like many people, I'm, I'm fascinated by technology, and um, uh, I'm very interested when someone comes up with some new technological approach to living more sustainably. Uh, that's um, and 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 by and large, many people who hear the word sustainability um, and think about uh, leading lifestyles that are more sustainable, they think about wasting less. Uh, but they largely think about different technological approaches to living on the planet, where because of our technology, we're going to have less of an impact. And. Uh, I absolutely believe that that uh, technological developments are going to be crucial to living sustainably. There's no question about that. But I think it's very dangerous to assume that there can be technological quick fixes to the quandary that we face today of 7 billion people trying to eke out a living on a very small planet um, with much of its biodiversity and threat its climate changing, and its resources being quickly depleted. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is that in no realm more than technology do we see that every thing one does has many unintended consequences. So, for instance, when <clears throat> chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs, were invented uh, in the middle of last century and then were quickly brought into production, they were, a, a, they were a, a, almost magical. I mean, they allowed us to uh, build refrigerators and do all sorts of things, which were great. Uh, keeping food from spoiling reduced um, botulism and other, other types of things that were real problems for people. Um, at the time, of course, no one realized that CSCs would migrate into the stratosphere and destroy the ozone and that that would cause people and animals to suffer from skin cancers and eye cataracts and other sorts of ailments. Uh, 
And that's just a, a, one example. Virtually any example you pick of a technological solution shows that in time it causes other problems. And in fact, most of our technological solutions today are solutions solving problems caused by earlier technology. So uh, I wanted to address in my book uh, the question of how we live on this earth, uh, which is increasingly obviously uh, a world of interdependence. Uh, we live in a web of life, and the things that we do cause reverberations throughout that web. If that's our fate, to live in and through interdependence, then we've got to grapple with what it means to be technological beings when all of our uh, technological efforts have multiple unintended consequences, many of which uh, can be uh, catastrophic. You know, we didn't set out to uh, cook the planet under a blanket of greenhouse gases. Uh, climate change is the unintended consequence of our use of fossil fuels and our destruction of forests. And virtually every environmental problem that we face today um, is similar, the, similarly the unintended consequence of our earlier actions. So I wanted to look at uh, psychology and uh, ethics, uh, as well as any number of the natural sciences, to grapple with what it means to live in a world of interdependence when we have to face the fact that all of our efforts, including many of our efforts with the best of intentions, including many efforts aimed at sustainability, often have unintended consequences that uh, turn against us. Let's talk, I want to follow that thought of technology. Is there an inherent, I want to say, tension between using the newest technology in which you might have a more efficient solution and an example like Polyface Farm, as you talk about in, in the book, where they're definitely using technology for their system, and it, it, but it isn't certainly the newest technology, and it certainly isn't the most efficient technology. They could probably wring, I guess, more returns out of the land that they have, but it seems to use them as an example of someone that is using, or an organization that's using certainly not the newest technology, but possibly the best technology to maintain a certain level of sustainability within their farm. Is, is, so is there, is there that tension between efficiency and sustainability? There can be. Technology aims at doing one thing. That's the nature of it. It's, it's meant to be efficient, and it's meant to do one thing. So we, we invent things to achieve particular purposes. Uh, and for a technology to be efficient, it does the one thing that it sets out to do very well. But what does it mean to invent and deploy technology when you live in a web of interdependence? Because in such a web, you can't ever do just one thing. I mean, you do that one thing, and you may do it very efficiently, but it sends reverberations through the entire web, and it produces consequences that you don't foresee. That's inevitable. What that means is that when we invent and deploy technology, we have to do something that Wendell Berry said, which is we have to solve for pattern. Uh, that means that we, we understand in using it that it's not going to do just one thing. So we try to have it do a bunch of different things that are all good, that all work well for us. Uh, so, you know, 
for example, uh, <clears throat> you might find that uh, that taking a pill uh, reduces your uh, risk of uh, cardiovascular disease uh, by un- unclotting your arteries. Well, that, that's that, and it might be very efficient at that. But if the result of that is that people don't worry about their diets and they don't worry about exercise uh, because they can just pop pills to reduce their risk of cardiovascular disease, then there are some unintended consequences uh, because a lack of exercise and poor diet um, can hurt you in many other ways other than giving you a heart attack. So if you were trying to solve for pattern, uh, you wouldn't just have people pop pills, um, but you'd uh, ensure that they had healthy diets, that they had lots of exercise, that they uh, tried to reduce stress in their lives. Um, And these things are going to uh, have effects that go beyond um, just reducing cardiovascular disease. Uh, uh, They're going to go beyond that because everything is tied together. There There are no isolated causes and effects. That's the that's the truth that that ecology as a science has brought to us. Ecology is the study of webs of life, um, and what defines them is that everything that happens in them um, produces multiple effects, and um, and you have to understand all the causes and effects to understand the ecology of a system. So I think to to live with ecological awareness is to is to operate with this understanding that we can never just solve one problem. Every time we try to solve one problem, it produces other problems. So we have to attempt to solve many problems at once with the understanding that, uh, that everything is, is highly connected and increasingly connected. So hearing that answer and having read the book, I started to wonder about what can be done? Let's take, but let's to go back to the ancient Greeks. You know, one of the things they would say that separates humans from gods is this ability to have that degree of awareness. Humans can't, and and many Greek tragedies have been put up with the fact that humans just have limited awareness and can't keep all these things in hand. So, are there ways that people can develop their ecosophic awareness, or are we? I don't want to necessarily say doomed to kind of our limitations of human awareness, but because of the nature of being human, we will never be able to know all the full ramifications of any action we make. I think that's true. Uh, I think that uh, something that perhaps hasn't been emphasized enough within the, the scholarship and literature and, and discourse around sustainability is that it is an extraordinarily humbling enterprise. Uh, humbling in a number of ways. One is that because everything is connected, expertise in one realm is not necessarily all that helpful at getting us to figure out how to be more sustainable. Uh, We need uh, multiple disciplines, interdisciplinary knowledge, and multiple practices and multiple stakeholders involved to pursue sustainability. In fact, uh, expertise in one realm to the extent that it cuts you off from understanding other realms of knowledge and practice may be harmful. Um, that's, again, the sort of the bete noir of the, of the technologist who does one thing very well, but because he operates uh, with a unilinear understanding of cause and effect rather than a web understanding of interrelatedness, 
um, produces unintended consequences uh, that 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 uh, reverberate uh, well beyond uh, his his area of of, of interest. So um, yeah, I think sustainability uh, is something that cultivates uh, humility uh, and should. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it it means that um, we may be uh, in a situation today where we can't seek global solutions. We have to seek local solutions, um, and we have to seek solutions that are free to fail, or I suppose I should put it this way. We have to seek uh, solutions where their failure is not going to cause massive global problems. We have to be experimental. Uh, And that means that, uh, you know, we are going to have tragic results sometimes, but the question is when we fail to foresee unintended consequences and we have to uh, go back and reverse course, uh, can we? Can we reverse course? You know, we're in a situation right now with climate change where uh, reversing course is, is not going to be easy. Perhaps it's not possible. Uh, people talk about the tipping point after which, regardless of what we do, uh, there's just going to be an escalation of, of global warming that will be beyond human control. I don't know whether we're there yet or not. I don't think anybody does. But clearly we're in a situation right now uh, because of the magnitude of, of what we're doing um, the scale of it, that um, we may not be able to reverse course. So I think sustainability is uh, has to do with uh, scale. Uh, we have to operate in a way uh, as individuals and as societies that we can be experimental, um, that, uh, that failure doesn't mean catastrophe, uh, that we can reverse course uh, when needed, uh, and that we don't pretend to be able to know the future um, because one thing we know about is it's always going to be surprising. Wesley Teal, the author of Indra's Net and the Midas Touch, Living Sustainably in a Connected World. Thanks so much for being on the MIT Press podcast today. I very much enjoyed it. For more information about this and other titles, please visit our website at mitpress.mit.edu. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com mitpress. And you can follow us on Twitter, where we are at MIT Press. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MIT Press Podcast. Copyright 2011, the MIT Press. All rights reserved.